Invest me in my motley. Give me leave to speak my mind, and I will through and through cleanse the foul body of the infected world, if they will patiently receive my medicine. Tony Machete and the Starving Artist Phoenix. Um, with me today is uh, Jason Hill. Hey. How's uh, <laughs> it going? Um, so, uh, I mean, I knew you back in high school a little bit, and when I knew you in high school, you were in pretty active in the theater program. So, like, was mm-hmm. it originally the plan that you were going to be an actor, or were you just kind of doing that for fun? Oh, that's hard to say. I, I think, like, deep down I wanted to do it, but I, I, <laughs> I was always definitely a very, like, conflicted with that because I like really enjoyed it I like loved theater like very I loved acting and performing and and just that whole thing was very like uh meaningful you know what I mean like you get this like sort of like I don't it's like a it's like fulfilling in a way kind of yeah (laughs) hard to describe how uh but you know like I also just uh was always kind of like a more I I think I had a little bit of like a conservative like life (laughs) like just the way I was raised and stuff and I just kind of was like well I I mean how am I you know I have to be practical and and I just like it it just seemed like kind of vain a little bit was like kind of just in my head I don't now I've kind of grown and been like oh I see where it's not (laughs) but yeah yeah, you so long story is yeah I didn't want to be an actor or anything or, or into the arts but I always enjoyed it, and I just because I enjoyed it so much that I think now I just I can't help it. So you kind of always made it. time for it, even when you knew that if you were telling yourself like this isn't like a real thing, this isn't what I was doing. But like you still kind of made like, well, I should just do a little bit. Though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I felt like I had to do a lot more practical things, but the the thing that I actually wanted to be doing the whole time was was performing and, and nice. arts, arts and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, did you did you know anybody who was doing that when you were growing up, or like where do you feel like that came from? the inspiration to to be an artist yeah. i i think uh was as a comedian or a comedian i yeah. watched uh when i was a kid uh-huh. i was i was sick uh i got sick when i was like 12 years old and i like didn't i for like about a year i didn't really see any friends or anything and i just like watched comedy central like the comedy like, central presents all the time. Like, yeah oh yeah that was and awesome. and saturday night live reruns nice. that was like what I, you know, that was like, those were my friends, and I think it just kind of like, it taught me, uh, the value of, of like, uh, where anything that comes up, you can kind of like spin it and make it funny and just like, just kind of go, like, th- the way that comedians like speak and think about life, I, I think I connected with that when I was a kid, and it, it I didn't necessarily like understand that that's what was going on, but as I grew up, I was like, oh, I think about things that like shape the way I view the world. Interesting. So, like, I mean, were you pretty like outgoing? Were you a pretty gregarious kid? Like, when you weren't feeling um, sick? Or, uh, yeah. Was I? Hmm. <laughs> like, it's I mean, weird. do you feel like before you saw comedians like responding to the world and like analyzing stuff, do you feel like you already had that in you? Or? Yeah, I I think so. I was like. I moved a lot. My my dad was in the army, uh, and I think I like would try on different personalities a little bit when I was a kid. Like you know, one, one place I'd be really quiet, and then the other I'd try to like get in with all the all the popular kids or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and then it changed too, like just throughout like high school. So I think I would have phases in my life where I'm very withdrawn, but then 
uh, and that still kind of happens today, I guess. Uh, but but yeah, like I think when I when I was at that age in middle yeah. school before I got sick, I was like total like class clown kind of like I was I would get in trouble a lot uh, for talking and like making a scene more than talk. Like I'd try to like <laughs> like rebel. I felt like I was like kind of like. It's like standing up to somebody by just being like a loudmouth kid. <laughs> that was your little rebellion was just being obnoxious. Yeah, <laughs> but I thought I did it on principle for some reason, <laughs> which is what a, I guess that's, that's another right. comedian thing. Like yeah. you, you're just being you're just being obnoxious, but you feel like there's a purpose. No, I'm changing the world. <laughs> uh, so when you when you finally like got better and you were able to like pretty much go out into the world again from watching all that comedy and like absorbing all of that do you feel like you, when you came back out you just like burst in or like I had all these things built up that you wanted to like get oh, out and, a like, little <laughs> bit yeah. I think I did for, yeah I was like ready I was I was trying to I was I felt like I was a lot more clever and stuff you know like I, I had all these like zingers for everybody and I was like ready for it and then I think when I got into high school though I it like flipped and I felt like that analytical thing turned around and I was like very like everything's stupid like I didn't uh, want to play anymore you know what I mean like you, I just yeah. was like I kind of thought I, I had like a little phase and I got also very religious in high school um and I think that those things kind of like turned it so then I became a lot more like with the that other side came out so and I was like withdrawn for for a while and I kind of like repressed any I didn't I didn't do theater until I think I was a sophomore, and then I was kind of like a tepid, like, uh, and then like, but but then I started to become like, just like dating uh, somebody who was really into theater, um, and I kind of made friends, and then I was like, oh yeah, and then I remember I did, uh, we, we did this play, Hay Fever, uh, and it was like the most gratifying <laughs> experience of my life, just being on stage and like getting people to laugh, and I, it like... I was like, oh, this isn't just that. I think was the the where the first time I had the kind of like, oh, this is like really meaningful and it like connects people and, and stuff. So yeah, do you, so it I changed would, up. It, it kind of like a, <laughs> I'm like a wave. I'm a wave riding person, I guess. <laughs> so don't put on your tombstone. Yeah. Uh, so I want to uh, go into more into that, but I want to jump back for a second because something you said kind of struck me when you said you got religious. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? What brought that on? If that that wasn't necessarily how you were raised, then. Or oh, I was maybe? raised, yeah. Okay. But I was raised that way in a sense of like, it was your duty. Your, you know, it was like mm -hmm. respect the church. I was Catholic, right? Um, so it's all about like respecting religion uh, and having morals and you know and, and stuff like that. And then, but then, I think in high school it kind of changed into this more like. Uh, it, it broke out of just being like a guideline and a structure to your life as much as it was like sort of like my purpose and I I like uh, my parents got divorced and I think then like my mom got more she felt like we, the family structure kind of like formed more towards the church you know so we were all very like religious and I think that that struck me and I just found a lot of like consistency and comfort there um and it became like I was passionate about it. Like I had very spiritual like experiences for somebody who was fifteen. <laughs> Do you think that still informs you now? Like that. Um, I, a little bit. There's part. There's a lot of it that I kind of, I think, had to step away from. Yeah. Uh, 
for a lot of that's. that's just, <laughs> I just find story. it interesting because normally, yeah. like the teenage years, is when people like who were raised religious. A lot of times, that's when they start to break away because they get that kind of cynical vibe. They start to oh, I figured it all out. Like there's some holes in this. I now buy it. But like for you, you kind of leaned into it further. I think that's interesting. Yeah, I I think it was like the cynical thing, and, and it it just seemed like I was everything seemed so. I got this like. I've always struggled with this, like, idea that, like, everybody, every everything's, like, hollow. Like, I want to have, like, a meaningful, like, meaning is, like, a very, like, always kind of, like, been in my head. And uh, I think I kind of just felt like, when you're a freshman in high school, you're like, what, did, <laughs> what was I expecting people to, where's the meaning? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're deep, I, like, like me. Uh <laughs> So but, <laughs> yeah, and, and then I think it was like the church being there, and, and it provided this like yeah, like life does have meaning. You're right, and you can be good to people. Uh, you know, like there's a lot, there's so much good that I think comes out of it. I, I think later on there was just a lot more of it w- where you start to kind of notice the like human aspect of it that ultimately it's still like a human institution mm, right. and it has flaws like anything else like anything that. human sure yeah so all right so you did hate fever it was a com- i mean that's a comedy <laughs> yeah. show so it's pretty good stuff like that's a good first experience i feel like really acting yeah so that's i mean so that kind of threw you into the fire on a little bit on it do you feel it, like as you got a little further into it you had that same uh, response to like being in a more dramatic show or was it always kind of comedy that drew you in um, I think, yeah, I, I think it was the response to, to any, any emotion. Like, I, I think what, what attracted me to it was just, like, the play between, uh, the people, every, all the actors, mm-hmm. they all know what's going on, like, their minds are kind of, like, synced up, and they're, like, we all know what's gonna happen. <laughs> and, like, and then, and then the audience is, like, there, and they have their role where they're, like, what are these guys get? You know, like, when it's, like, really good, and, the, and they're into it, and then, like, you can, and then I think the appealing thing about comedy is that you get that, like, you know you're controlling their emotions because they, <laughs> like, laugh. laugh. Uh, I mean, you get people to cry, but that's... You can't tell. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, I've always, I think that that like kind of fascinated me a little bit you know in being religious that was also something that this is I don't but like I uh I kind of like I remember I started getting more like ministry and like trying to like get other kids like more into it and I remember like kind of being interested like how do I get these kids to feel like and then so I would work with middle schoolers so I was like trying to get middle schoolers to feel like some like religious (laughs) thing and I that kind of always, like, really fascinated me. Like, just that, that, like, how can you, like, persuade people and get them to, like, kind of join, kind of get on the same, like, thought wavelength as you? I think that's, that's, like, what all, the consistent thing between all of that is, is, like, I <laughs> Making just, like... connection with the audience? Type yeah, of thing, yeah. Whatever that is? That's awesome. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. It's, like, you're, you're right, I feel like the easiest way to get someone on your page is to make them laugh. Like, everyone wants to be happy and wants to be fun and stuff like that, and you see, I mean, I was in high school, too, and I definitely spoke with, like, some youth ministers and stuff, and, like, you see it fail so easily. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. sin is whack. <laughs> stuff. But, like, it's, 
I always kind of wondered like what like what they were thinking when they were putting that together their spiels together so that, that's kind of fascinating when you were like yeah. you're the other side yeah yeah what I mean the, there were it's interesting like seeing I've always wanted to like write just like try to provide like my take on what it was like like write out like a uh-huh. script or something because it's just like it's really interesting to see because there's so there's a lot of people who are in it I think for like that they want to like help kids and it's like mm-hmm. they have this they have like something meaningful in their life that they want to share with people and then there's other people who I'm like you're just doing this because people get to talk about <laughs> you like you're it's like it's very it's weird when you see the youth minister that's very like self-centered I I had one who he's very driven and passionate about like the ministry part of it but there were definitely people around who were like not that way and it's kind of funny to see it like because it's it comes off as very artificial <laughs> when they st- when they become self-centered because they're just trying to like what's up dude do you guys do you guys know what's gonna happen when you're gonna die like that kind of thing do you ever think about that and it's like i'm just sitting outside of hastings right now man <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen when I get home. Yeah, <laughs> that's fascinating. Okay, so uh, so you had kind of a first experience like working with people's emotions and stuff like that, and you mm-hmm. you found that kind of it was just a validating thing to be able to. Do you, I hate to use the word like manipulate people, but do you feel like it is kind of that's what it comes down to? Is like you like having that ability like was do you feel like it was kind of gratifying <laughs> to be able to control people and know you could yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely but I, I like to think that they want to be manipulated like yeah, when you watch sure. something you're kind of like but uh, yeah like it's definitely like my favorite yeah. jokes are the kind of like misdirection where i can like get people really uh on board like my mm-hmm. fa- okay one of my like I close with this joke a lot right. this isn't like even necessarily the style that I usually do things in, but can I do one like kind of the gist yeah, of it absolutely. it's I so I just do I do this thing where I just I tell the audience like okay I can do this trick uh, where I can hear a lady's name any lady's name and I always like play it up mm-hmm. I kind of like to in my head I'm like I know what's gonna happen right. that's like the appealing thing about it <laughs> but you I say I can name you can tell me a lady's name and I can sing a song with that lady's name in it. So, like, you would say Caroline and I'd just be like, sweet Caroline. Yeah. Uh, and then I do, and then I so then I go, like, what's the name from the audience? And then they, they say a bunch of stuff. And then I always say, I heard Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's just, and then I, and then I end up singing, uh, sweet, sweet Roxanne. So, kind of like, just to that keep one other step of the yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So it's just like, uh, it's funnier when I do it on stage than when I just <laughs> talk about it. Yeah, no, I think we're done, but no, uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, no, that was, yeah, that's really funny, that's interesting. But so, taking people on that path is fun to me. Because yeah. they think they know, and then you still got them. Like, yeah. one little thing. Oh, he rocks in, okay. And <laughs> that's brilliant. And I'm glad you shared that, because um, I tried to do a little bit of research, and I looked on YouTube to try and find, like, um, and like films of like your sets or something I couldn't find anything at all yeah. except for one thing about three years ago from like a, a promo for a comedy club they had like like one liners from you and a couple other oh, okay. comedians and so my entire knowledge of you as a comedian comes down to people don't know that there's a bone in your shoulder when you're as thin as I am that hurts the people you love 
That's that's all I knew about your comedy. That's <laughs> <laughs> so mysterious. So, I mean, it seems like, I mean, because I'm just going off, like, what I, I've seen, like, as your pictures and stuff like that when you're, like, performing. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of crafted a, like, a, a personality on stage that, I mean, tell, tell me a little bit about that. Like, how did that come together, your uh, stage persona? I think, uh... Well, I, stand-up to me has always been about, like, it's it's a exaggeration or, like, a amplification of you, the, the comedian's personality so is, like, the best part of it. Even if it's, like, kind of a character, it's like, no, that, like, like if you see, uh, I can't think of it, <laughs> like, like, Stephen Wright is such an extreme, yeah. like, just version of himself right. even if it's so downplayed you know what I mean like it's uh, so anyways I think I I started it uh, because one of the first like nights that I remember going up and kind of being like oh I get what I am it was like at an open mic they uh, at stand up Scottsdale uh, they used to do an open mic every Wednesday and it would just be like it was the most real open mic in Phoenix or in the areas like in the area because it was like it started at like seven thirty, uh, and it would be whoever wanted to go up for as long as it took. So it would sometimes go to like two in the morning, oh and like just like five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, and like wow. you'd get like the good comedians in town, and then you'd get like just random like drunk people who would just show up and sometimes they'd have like a birthday party and they'd bring like 15 people and, it, and it's just but it's more like an open mic so it's like horrible comedy oh God, for the yeah. most part just like a chore <laughs> and it's just, and then there's like it's it was it was like the most intense thing and and I one night I was there I got there at like 8 and the guy who was hosting it like ended up switching people around and doing all this stuff because he'd always try to like struct but it's like he's trying to like structure a list of like 50 people who are trying to perform uh, and I ended up going up like way at the end and there was just this li- and it was like nobody was there and except for like two comedians this one guy Lawyer Johnson uh, he he actually like the host was like at this point exhausted and was just like <laughs> I don't know who to br- who should I bring up and then lawyer was like Jason Hill bring him up and I was like oh cool thanks and I got up and I like par- partially was just like exhausted and then I think I just kind of like broke and was like this is just what it is <laughs> and I like it's like nobody I don't know why I'm doing this I have to work in the morning I'm just here to tell you about like whatever weird little thoughts occurred in my head this week and and it like kind of just like breaking down into the like what is this <laughs> uh and, but still kind of like enjoying it i kind of like blend i kind of balance between like being very dark and sad and then being like but like it's kind of silly in a way <laughs> so uh, yeah like just I guess that's it. I have, like, sort of, like, a Mr. Rogers, like, a dark Mr. Rogers vibe to me. I guess okay. that's how I described it. <laughs> like, everything's gonna be okay, but everything's also really <laughs> fucked up, so. And that's something you just kind of, like, saw in yourself, and you were just like, this is, this is kind of ridiculous, but it's kind of, it's gonna get a reaction to the thing? Or? Yeah, I think so. Like, I, 
I just like uh, I think part of it was just what I was going through in my life at the time uh, the things I would bring up because now I lately I've been like kind of um, like I'm at a new point and so I'm kind of like going through this like uh, trying to figure out like what do I want to talk about now I was like very into like a lot of like kind of because I like sex stuff and like like I don't know like just about like how I was going out I had never really been like a going out person until right. I started doing comedy so I just all my jokes were kind of about like everybody's out here at these bars trying to have sex with each other what and, like, <laughs> like isn't drinking weird and then, like all this like it was just like I was sort of amazed by everything my cardigan smells like clove cigarettes yeah <laughs> exactly and uh, <laughs> and now but now I'm kind of like Okay, I, I, I'm I'm used to that stuff now. So like, gotcha. what's my next thing? I don't know. So you you kind of have to like actively find things that are kind of absurd to you to keep it fresh. Type thing, I yeah, I I think so. I think I like need experiences. I need to like go out and like meet. That's the thing now. That's like I it used to just be like the rush of doing it, and sometimes like that's going away a little bit, or I don't. I'm not as excited to do it. Uh, because I I've done if, because if I don't have new material, it's hard for and like if I don't have anything good that I'm working on and I'm just trying to like figure that out right now, it's I don't have any jokes that I'm excited about so mm. I'm like not that excited to go out. But I I also then I just remember like no but remember how many like weird people you can meet doing stuff like that <laughs> and that's like what keeps me going now is like just meeting. Uh, because you just who's hanging out and seeing a comedy show on a Wednesday night at nine thirty right. at a barbecue restaurant? Like <laughs> that's an interesting person. That's a niche crowd. <laughs> yeah, how did they? How did you get here? And you, yeah, I think you can see a lot of interesting things doing it for sure. So I just keep it. I try, and then I just try to like me and my uh, fiance like have just been trying to like add events to our life you know like yeah. you just have to kind of like keep your life interesting i think <laughs> that's the that's the secret <laughs> that's interesting yeah okay oh well, let's let's jump back a little bit then so since we already started talking about the career like when did the switch flip from like i like to perform i like to you know be on stage to i want to do comedy oh uh, um before i started doing it and i hadn't so i had done the theater thing in high school and i was like oh this is great and then uh, after high school, I kind of like, I thought about doing it, I would write, and uh, I never really pursued anything, though. Like, I, I remember taking like, a screenwriting class, uh, and then just slowly it kind of faded, and at one point I just decided, like, I was living in California for a year, and me and my girlfriend at the time we, we like both kind of were like out there we, we would both like write and we were both kind of like interested in stuff and she ended up majoring in creative writing uh, but we both before that ended up going back we were like I want to go back to Arizona and like uh, just to get, go to school and like get a good you know like I and I kind of at that point I just for some reason just stopped caring like about what I like thinking about doing comedy or anything and I'd like write little things sometimes, or like imagine, like a movie that I would. I don't. Like I didn't a cool know. Idea yeah, thing, yeah, but it was never like anything I pursued. And then uh, years went by, and I kind of got very like depressed uh, and complete. I was like, well, I don't even know what I'm 
doing and uh, and I think I just kind of was like oh that co- like I should just do comedy I, really, I started listening to podcasts a lot and I uh, and I think I just rem- and it clicked it, rem- it reminded me like when I would hear comedians talking on podcasts I was like oh I yeah I think like these guys and like I do like this is I'm so interested in this so then I started doing it and I <coughs> Uh, went out and it's always been like well who knows what's gonna happen mm-hmm. uh, the hard thing is and to you know to the right. point of the show is now it's like well I also have a life here and people that I love and and you know it's it's hard to imagine I lo- part of me is like very like I left Arizona I came back and uh, it's like what do you do with a career here you know exactly um, but I definitely as soon as I started doing comedy, it was like, oh, I'm going to do this forever because I, it, it's just like that experience, that bonding experience with people, other comedians and the audience. It's like, I think that answered your question. Yeah, <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. That's, that's awesome. Um, all right, so you just, you made the conscious decision to kind of get back into the scene. Um, now, like, I mean, just like you said, like the the Arizona scene I'm sure is very different from what you probably like saw when you were in California like how how did you kind of insert yourself into that community because it seems very much like a community thing especially in a smaller town like everyone seems to know each other in that vibe yeah um there's probably at any given time like over a hundred people who live in Phoenix or in the you Mm -hmm. know valley and who are like in their heads at least like I am a comedian <laughs> that's what they tell people I, at parties yeah like. <laughs> um but, and in that group there's like a central I think you know there's there's different sure. it's interesting there's different cliques and stuff mm-hmm. uh but there's there's certain there's there's like a central group of people who are who have been doing it for like you know several years and, and who take it seriously and are talented and, and people who like get work at the major clubs and then there's people who like never really work at the clubs but they all they're very prominent because they like book a lot of shows and, and produce a lot of shows and then there's just people you know like it's kind of like all these different levels of, of like success and, and what they focus on yeah and uh, to get into it I, I just started going to that open mic at stand up Scottsdale uh, and I met people and uh, it's sad that, that they are now open a different location um, on uh, on Scottsdale Road just outside of Old Town <laughs> anyone wants to see Wednesdays uh, but the but the old location it was they had like a nice like little patio and it was at the open mic was just sort of like one of the more central parts of the whole community like everybody on Wednesday night was like out on that patio smoking or inhaling uh, secondhand smoke <laughs> and and like just like you know talking bullshit of course yeah, uh, yeah, okay. and uh, you know bullshitting on the patio and just like having fun and uh, and then you would meet people and they go like oh hey I, I produce a show or you should try this open mic and then like I had friends who I made uh, who were just starting too and they would like message me and stuff and be like hey, I heard about this open mic over, like, so that was in Scottsdale, and then, like, oh, there's this open mic on, like, Bell Road and 
800th Avenue, and like we'd go, <laughs> so you'd go there, and then you'd be like, okay, and then there's one in Mesa, so let's go over there, and you're just like, kind of start to bounce around every everywhere, and it's cool when you're first starting, if you can get that, like, group, uh, because you're just sort of like, all learning, uh, and, and figuring it out. Now, and then it's, in, and it's cool to see those people get better, and like, so people I started out with now are like going and performing like big like at casinos and stuff yeah. around Arizona and That's like awesome. getting like you know pretty good paid work uh, and so is there like a cool. big competitive aspect and I mean once you get to that point where you're making money or um it it does <laughs> it's competitive if people make it competitive gotcha uh, but I think generally it's it's kind of like you just try to be supportive of what people are getting. It, it, to me, it, there's like always like controversy about like, well, there's a show. I run a show on a Tuesday, and this guy runs a show on a Tuesday. So like, we don't like each other. That happens a lot. Or like, just like kind of yeah. rivalries for whatever reason. And sometimes it's like <laughs> the people all like all the comedians know each other. So right. like, they do real mean things to each other that are like <laughs> on a personal level sometimes. <laughs> So it's like there's uh, it's just, it could be legit anger and animosity that people have, but then uh, sometimes it's just like pettiness, and uh, so. But the competition, I don't think it's ever really about some. Sometimes people, I think, get frustrated if they feel like they're not getting the due that they deserve, or mm -hmm. like certain people get a lot of opportunities and. Mm -hmm. Uh, comedy is subjective, so it, people get upset when their view of comedy isn't what's getting recognized. That's you know? fair, yeah. And so, I mean, when you're starting off, like, you were just basically trying to do something, like, every night of the week that you could type of thing, just like... When I first started, I was yeah. doing once a week. Oh. And I, and I would, but it became, like, Wednesday night became, I would, like, get so excited. Mm -hmm. Uh... I'd poop a lot that day because I was just like geared up, <laughs> uh, and I like would just be like, you know, I was just like, it was it was what my week ultimately came down to, uh, like, and and then I so then when people would start to tell me like, hey, you can do another show on Tuesday night, I'd be like, on Tuesday, what? and then like I and then it kind of went up, and then I remember like some I found out there's like a Friday show, and I was like weekend work like uh and it w ended up being my favorite show ever it was caught me on fire and it was like in the backyard of an art space uh which was and now it's closed they're reopening it as something else uh but they're not doing comedy yet but anyways tangent friday so then i started doing like on fridays and then like weekends and it became like i i never never really did a lot of club shows but it just became like how many nights can I get up and how many new minutes can I get mm -hmm. and uh, that was what was rewarding to me about it, it I guess we started to, like to the point where like we would go up to Prescott on weekends and stuff sometimes and and we still like I still get some of those gigs and it's fun because mm -hmm. it was just like it, it started to become like oh this is what I do at all the time and it just like gets into your system it's you kind of like sacrifice sleep and uh, <laughs> other things in life like it was like I went to work I did comedy and it was like that's it uh, it's a rush when you do that sure. it's like to just kind of 
be so focused on something. It's hard to get that excited about something for so long. It's cool. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like just having experience in, in different forms of like performing for people before you started comedy helped you work with kind of like the rejection that inevitably comes in like open mics and things like that? Uh, I. No, I don't no. think so. Because <laughs> when you're. If it's other kinds of performance. Mm -hmm. There's a script, like other like acting and stuff. When I did it, there's a script, and there's other people doing it with you, and you get this chance to practice. And it's not you; you're being a character. And when they come up, and it's like, "This is Jason Hill," and it, <laughs> and I'm just like, "This is me." There's and no then, buffer. Yeah, and and then if and if people don't like it, or or if I if I don't like it. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's very, I, th I don't think there's anything that really prepares you to, like, f to just, to have the realization that you're, like, standing in a dive bar on, like, Wednesday night in, like, uh, you know, some place in, in Mesa and this, like, just some drunk man yelling at you and you just, like, <laughs> really want his approval right now and you're just, like, <laughs> and you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I just love him so bad. Okay. So I mean, what did you do when you when you got that for the first like the first really bad day? <laughs> I think at first I thought it was funny, and I was like, "This is so pathetic," <laughs> and I just rolled with it. What became difficult was after I got good at it, and then I would be back, and I would suddenly not be good at it, and I would bomb really bad, and I was like, "I think I can do better than this." Uh, that that's hard because you're just like, what if I'm always begging that guy for his approval and like I never I never get it, I never get better. Uh, I've heard that like the really rough nights are not the ones where you bomb completely because you can kind of like step outside yourself that way, but like yeah. the just okay shows. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and it's like because if if the it's that it's that you get people like into your like thought process and get everybody on the same page and like you're uh -huh. kind of guiding the audience and if everybody is just sort of like if you if you can uh -huh. even get them to kind of follow along with you but then like you don't show them anything interesting <laughs> you kind of feel like an asshole <laughs> you kind of wasted your time yeah you're just like okay thanks for listening you're like i'm sorry i failed so hard <laughs> that's pretty depressing too <laughs> and i think when that when that happens i like i still don't know how because it, when I feel bad about it, it's just like, uh, it's a very, I'm like a, abs I feel very absolute about things. So when I do really good, I, and I'm like doing well, it, and this is like a, just a general life thing probably yeah. with me, maybe I should get like lithium or something, I don't know, because it's just like, like I said earlier. It's the secret to comedy. <laughs> but like, when I feel good, I feel like I feel like at like I feel like I'm touching everything in the universe. Like I'm just, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that. Like I get, I understand comedy and life now, and I feel great. And then like if I don't, I'm like, why did I? I should just quit. I probably yeah. Katie's probably gonna leave me. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I just, might as well just get my own little studio apartment and just eat 
ramen noodles and you know what I mean? Like I just like like I should not exist as <laughs> as little as possible versus like ah this is the best. Uh, so I don't know. I I think I just have to kind of like wait and like withdraw. That's the difference, I guess. Yeah. Like I withdraw until I'm ready to 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 feel good. But so if you're just really not feeling like doing it, you just don't do it for a little bit. Or um, is that what you mean by withdraw? Or? Yeah, I, and that's maybe not the best. A lot of people would probably disagree with me on that. Uh, and I think there is a point where you need to just like do it. Late, so lately, I took a break, mm-hmm. and I was like not doing it because I kind of withdrew and everything else. And lately, I've just been like, if I don't feel like doing it, I need to do it. Otherwise, I'm not gonna ever get. Bad. I'm not gonna mm. get good again. I'm not very good right. Well, I'm okay. But, like, I'm not as good as I used to be. And just in the sense of, like, I don't feel as com- as confident. I don't, like, I saw, yeah. I saw, like, pictures from, like, a year or two ago where I was wearing, like, this, like, yellow flowery shirt. And I was, like, on stage, like, sitting down on stage. It's, like, a total power move. And I'm, like, cross-legged just, like, talking to the audience. <laughs> and, like, uh... It was, I mean... It's like the good old days. Yeah, and I was like, I wouldn't do that anymore. Like, I don't have the... I would feel like I would try to sit down and I would, like, fall... I'd feel like... I'd be like, sorry, you guys don't buy this. Like, I'd totally lose my cool. At the time, I was just like, isn't this weird? <laughs> and I people can imagine, like, you flipping a photo album of, like, that page and then turning to, like, a current one where you're just, like, giving someone in the audience $5. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's um, but you... Yeah. So... But, I mean, it's, like, it's good. If you need to take a little time and, like, not just be... To just let your mind process it, I would say do it. But, like, at a certain point, you you have to just, like, be, like, kind of rebuilding yourself a little bit. And you've mentioned a couple times, too, like, how you try... You kind of tend to be dark a little bit and kind of, like, have humor that plays on your own sadness and stuff. I mean, <laughs> do you feel like that... I mean, what's the line, I guess, for you when it comes to something like that? Um, is anything sacred, like personally, or I? Well, I've tried. I think the the line is just what I'm. How well I can. I I feel like if I had. I've done. Back when I was like on fire doing it, I think this is what kind of like reduced it a little bit for me. Is I had I got a, a couple chances to do like twenty or thirty minute. I think one time I did 40 minutes, which I don't have 40 minutes, uh, (laughs) but it was like, I got to do it and it was cool. Um, and I, I started to think about it differently, uh, how I can structure a set. I do five or seven minutes usually. And it's like, you can go pretty far in that time, but you can't go like as far as I, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, you can go a lot deeper. And I think if, if I had the time and I had built up a set and I had like really put in the work for it I feel like I could talk about anything uh like Louis CK or whatever people always like say like well he you know says this this and this and and it's fine but it's like well he also like is a lot better at comedy than you (laughs) 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 so uh (laughs) so I I think if I like had the time to kind of like let every to do it I could like I uh I when earlier I was talking about being depressed uh without going to uh, whatever I'll talk about it I I like 
was close to killing myself for a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, and I had jokes about it, and I like want I have jokes about it, <laughs> and I think they're funny. But I have also had a lot, uh, several years to wrap the concept that like I was gonna kill myself like around mm-hmm. my <laughs> I wrap my head around that, and I think like uh, other people when you do that in a five minute set and you're like, so I thought I'll kill myself. Everybody's like. <laughs> Doesn't want to hear it right now. Doesn't <laughs> be your opening. We're eating pizza. <laughs> this is like what we want. And uh, <laughs> so it, it's it's hard. I don't know if I answered your question exactly, well, but it's so the bottom line is that you need to establish that connection with the audience. You feel like first you want them to get on your level, and then you feel like once they're like your friends, almost yeah. Like you can, okay. Exactly. Yeah. It, I. Yeah, I think if, I mean, it's, yeah, friends, that's a good way to put it. It's mm-hmm. like, you get people to connect like that, and it's like, I mean, we're, well, you we're know, just talking. Can, yeah, yeah, we can talk about anything. Like, there's no judgment here. Interesting. Oh. <laughs> Safe. <laughs> Safe place. He said into the microphone. <laughs> um, so, okay, so, I mean, is that something that, I mean, you, you feel like is really just a matter of, like, the time on stage at one point? And the skill. Right now, I think I'm good enough where if I, if I could, if somebody, get, I think some people are good enough and, and have, like, enough of a rapport naturally with the audience. I guess it's also partially if you're famous, is like that. Right, helps. they immediately and gonna then, buy into it. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, but, yeah, I think they need to know you. And there's I, a lot you can do. That's, when you do the, the shorter sets, there's a lot you can do to kind of, like, open yourself up that skinny joke about the shoulder the yeah. elbow or the shoulder bones i it's like acknowledging i always do like a lot of skinny uh-huh. jokes up front a right. lot of times because it's like this is what you see yes. and this is what i see and so we're all well, yeah. okay and I then I can, it, yeah. yeah and then i can tell them like it's all very baby self-centered then i can tell them a little more about myself <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and then I can be like, and I do this, and I'm a nice man, and I do, and I'm okay right now. But I also uh, almost killed myself once, and so let's make jokes about that. And then they're like, okay, yeah, that's funny. You're safe now. It's fine. So it's <laughs> crafting like the structure of the set really makes a difference. Then mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, I like a, that's. I don't write word for word what I'm gonna do uh-huh. before I go up, but I. I try to keep, like, connect this idea to this idea to this idea. I try to think of, like, what I'm going to say to connect the ideas. Because if it's one idea, which I used to be better at. That's, like, a big thing right now Um, when I'm, like, out of practice where I am not as connected and I don't, like, just flow through the set as much. I just kind of, like, okay, uh, I also want to talk about how I just got glasses. And it's, like... (laughs) Like, okay. um, did you see my Sleep Sleepwalk with Me movie? Yeah. Did that first, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking a lot about stick insects lately. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So we're talking about that. All right. So interesting. Okay. So I mean, not to like beat a dead horse, but like, what did what do you feel like it is that that made that go away for you? Is it just the awkward transitions yeah, and stuff. Yeah, how come your transitions aren't as strong anymore? Um, it's, I practice. I'm out of practice. I yeah. I mean, I was. I used to write every night, 
This is like what you should do. <laughs> uh, and the best advice I got was somebody said, have jokes at different levels of development uh, as you go along. So like have something that you're like, it's really good. Have something that you just started working on that you're writing. Have something that you're like just kind of throwing into your sets so you can kind of keep everything rotating and stuff. And when I kept, when I was going at it like every night, and now like the past couple weeks I've been doing like two or three sets a week, which is like, I'm satisfied with because I also need to like work and, and have like a meaningful relationship at home <laughs> and stuff you know like it's it, I, you know I'm trying to live a full life I guess <laughs> uh, but like I uh, just trying to yeah keep keep going so then you can kind of be able to jump around like being familiar enough with my current material that I can kind of just like when something's right and if somebody like heckles me and I can talk to them and then like guide the conversation so like their heckle can turn can lead me into a new a joke that I'm working on or something like that's uh when I'm like at my prime whatever and I and I just am comfortable enough with my material that I can like pull it in and out and, and use it differently it's like uh you have like a repertoire you can just yeah but now I don't remember any jokes I just like I'm like oh what was this one and like <laughs> oh that reminds like you're talking to an audience member and then you were like oh I was gonna say something uh about Betsy DeVos but what was it again and then, it's like, uh, and then, then you're talking about politics and everybody's upset anyways <laughs> so, back to you so you said I mean you mentioned like having a meaningful relationship I mean is yeah. your fiance in the comedy world or anything related at all or uh sort of I met her uh my uh, I'm okay I originally met her friend Jesse who's a Jesse Johnson's a comedian in Phoenix uh and gonna move to LA soon uh I met I was hosting an open mic, and Jesse was hosting uh, for Maria Bamford. Oh, cool. Uh, so she, or she was open. I don't think she was hosting. I think she was opening for her, uh, which is better. Like, so she, <laughs> and then I told her I was hosting. That's what it was. So I, we were talking before the show. I just, like, introduced myself, and then she was like, oh, you're hosting? I was like, yeah. Uh and the, but she thought I was hosting Maria Bamford and I was just hosting the open mic so it was kind of like not as cool uh, but then she was uh, nice enough to be my friend anyways <laughs> and uh, and we yeah we, we I, so I hung out with her a lot and we would like start ended up working on a lot of stuff in comedy together like we would like write things and uh, Katie was like her best friend and uh, yeah we just kind of started hanging out uh, one day I revealed that I didn't know how to ride a bike uh, and Jesse was like, oh, I'll teach you how to ride a bike. And then I went over to Jesse and Katie's house, uh, and I brought a giant pizza, and Katie loved me ever since, I guess. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> no, it was just like, I, uh, we kind of started hanging out from there, and, uh, so she, she's always been involved in the sense of being, like, Jesse's friend, and then she does makeup, uh, so a lot of times, like, comedians will have, if they're right, doing, like, a sketch or something, or, or, Literally, there's a show, uh, like the probably like the biggest independent show in, in Phoenix is literally literally the worst show ever. It's at Valley Bar, and uh, and they do like sketches and stuff during it. And so like the I think the last one, uh, like Katie did all the makeup and uh, where they were like 
did like a bit where the guy it was like an award show and then every time he came out the host had like more and more makeup on and got like more and more ridiculous so she did like all this like crazy like lips and stuff uh but she does like she made uh i i did a video sketch series with, with jess that jesse directed and katie did the makeup for it and it was like she turned somebody into like a big demon there's like a <laughs> she gave him like horns and like the red face and everything like a really scary demon i think she made me look like i was like uh very ill once <laughs> for makeup like she gave big bags under my eyes and stuff she's very good nice. uh so she does that and she's also just well known because she has a very loud notable laugh so everybody <laughs> likes it first thing i notice about her uh, <laughs> and yeah, that was it. That's, I guess that's a good like gauge for when she comes to your shows and what's what's working and what's not. Yeah, not, well, not, can't even get my fiance to laugh. Uh, yeah, exactly. it's clearly not happening right now. Or um, or only my fiance's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> laughing, and then you just hear this one. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, at least somebody loves me. That's nice. <laughs> Thanks, Ruby. <laughs> um, all right, so all right, so you're talking about the literally the worst show ever, and so I've I've noticed that around town there is like. A bunch of different, I don't want to say gimmicky, but like very kind of uh, specialty shows that like go up. And like, because it was like the switch was something I saw, which is mm-hmm. like improv, like you just riff off of what's going on in the audience too, but it's like stand up comedy. But so, yeah. I mean, how important do you feel like that is to like keeping the scene alive, the, like the freshness and stuff? Um, I, I think it needs to be. I think the, that's a, a big reason people do that is because otherwise you're just asking people to come to your show and with music I think you have a little bit more of a chance to like people are like I like I just like to listen to music but if it uh, but you need people to focus when you're doing comedy a little more and I think that's frustrating for musicians not to, when, when people are like come to my show and then everybody's just like playing pool and talking and stuff while you're playing in the background that's not really what you want but it's way more frustrating if you're doing comedy because you're like trying to talk and everybody's just t- like it's just really kind of pathetic <laughs> um, but you want to get people to the shows so I think you uh, I think that's a, a big reason like people will try to keep it like an interesting concept just something and I think from that what's what happens is it gets people to the shows and gets them more interested and now uh with like literally the worst show ever comedy on fire was a big thing for this there's there's just been third space uh on grand avenue that's just like a total comedy show but they'll but they'll get like headline like major like they've they've gotten like jackie cation and stuff there and literally the worst show ever does the sketches but they also get like really not necessarily like famous people but people who are definitely like kind of upcoming like who are like right on the verge and and it's like exciting that people from LA who have like TV credits and stuff Um, so it's exciting and I think that that once you get people actually to the shows then the comedians in town actually get to develop a little more outside of it just being like whoever they can get into the who's ever sitting in the bar that night it's like it's it's cool because I've noticed now, and, and now that I'm wanting, to, I'm like getting back into it. I'm like excited for this because there's a lot of opportunities to perform at an independent show for a crowd who's like wants to see cool like independent comedy. You know, yeah. it's not, and that's like it's not. I would go see a show at the Improv anytime because sure. you know whatever. That's, yeah. But it's like. 
it's not the same. It's not. There's something different when you're at like a, like in like a basement, because like the val like literally or whatever is like downstairs, like in a back alley, and it's like it's a cool bar that's like attached to it, and it's like it's like kind of dangerous, and like anything can happen in this down here. We're all speaking truth down here. It's not some corporate thing. There's no drink minimums here. Like. <laughs> It's just like uh, that's happening a lot more, and when comedians can get into that, I think they develop their voice, and and it it's definitely uh, making people better performers. So that's very exciting. Do you feel like it's ever like a a burden on on you as a performer, like or I guess performers in general, to have to have that kind of different skill set they weren't necessarily working on before, like when they have all these kind of different venues and styles and stuff yeah um no i i can see there's a lot of people who are very like only comedy like there's like who in the only stand-up and that's you know but uh like i said i like that kind of what i look for is like okay how can i control how can i manipulate that kind of thing (laughs) uh so like the switch um that was like exercising a different and I used to, I mean like mm-hmm. like I hadn't done theater since high school so I hadn't done improv since high school right and uh, so I didn't have a lot of experience with it the first time I did the switch uh, I was not in a me- in a mental state to be doing <laughs> it and uh, <laughs> so, so that was also part of the problem, but I just wasn't, I just wasn't prepared, so I, like, I went up, and I, like, totally, like, I just froze, because it's basically, they, they put a, a prompt on the screen, and then, uh, you just start doing jokes about it, mm-hmm. and talking about it, and I, like, and one of the first things you learn is, like, you're not, you shouldn't look at the word on the screen and then read it out loud. It just like <laughs> so like books. Yeah. Okay. So uh, all right, I'm gonna talk about lamps now, and everybody's like, okay. And then you just because it just sounds like I'm trying to make a joke, and it's very not good. And I I just remember like and I I asked I like wasn't working, and I asked them to switch the word, and they switched the word, and I just like locked up, and I was like, oh, no. and I just died, and I had my friend uh, was recording it. And I was like, uh, so I, and I, fr- I, I froze, and I was like, just stop recording this. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, and then I was like, no, wait, record it. I, like, need to see this happen. <laughs> so, uh, then I don't, I still haven't ever listened to it. I couldn't, I still haven't brought myself to hear that. But since then, I've gotten a little better. It's just exercising different things, like, I, you know, you do need to wing it. I did. I had done the same thing on stage many times, but when I was like consciously thinking about doing it, right. it be, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is something I can actually work on now." Uh, so it was like it's. It wasn't daunting in any way for you necessarily. It was just like. Uh, it, <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, it was. It was. It is. Sometimes it is because. It's just like uh, there's there's one show. That they do called the Stores Objection. Uh-huh. Uh, as the comedian Matt Stores, he's he's a lawyer and he he does fact checks. That's like his kind of his thing. So, sure. but he made a show where basically like you'll be up performing and then h- him and what and his co-counsel 
will interrupt your set with like fact checks and stuff, or just to like, or to, to like adjust for accuracy or whatever. So all this stuff. So it's like, yeah, like the first time, it's, I the first time I did it, I was like, uh, I think the first thing I said was like, this is gonna be a nightmare, and then everybody was like, okay, and uh, it be you know, so some people it's fun to watch because it's like you see them just either completely cave under that pressure <laughs> and it's still very interesting sure. because you get his like Matt will be funny while that person is caving <laughs> or other times you see somebody like where they get a good thing going and, and it's and it's good you, like they they figured it out but like uh, it's it's intimidating when you're going into it and it's like the one thing you never want is for somebody to just interrupt your set oh, yeah. and, and have a microphone <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> And this is like you. This will definitely happen. <laughs> the worst thing will Literally happen. Literally, why you're here? <laughs> wow. Dang. So yeah, the, but if you can wrap your head around it and just go in, it's like it's a very good opportunity. So you yeah. kind of have to be okay with being the butt of the joke at, at that yeah. point. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, you have to know you're gonna take some hits, but you have to be able to, to kind of like <laughs> bounce back. I guess. Like. Nice. Yeah. And so, I mean, how different is it when, like, a, an actual big comedy festival comes to the town? Like, I saw that the the Bird City Comedy Festival is happening, mm -hmm. which has some pretty big names attached to it. Yeah. 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 Um, Aparna Nacharla and Greg Behrens, and I, those are, the, like, two big headliners that I knew. I'm sure there's a lot of other people in comedy circles that are like, wow. Yeah, it's, but, it's yeah. definitely, uh, I know I can't remember all the people on it, but yeah, like, um, <laughs> Mishka... Sh I can't remember his last name. Shubley. He he's performed here a lot, of, a lot, uh, and yeah, like a lot of good comedians and, and people who are from like New York who aren't like necessarily on TV yet. But yeah, right. you're right. Like, it's 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 very exciting. Uh, so I mean, is that vibe very different from like performing at a club? Or I mean, how do you even get attached to something like that? Um, it's you know I. I've only ever done the festivals in Arizona so far. Uh, I, I think, but there's a lot, they, they have them all over. So there's two in Arizona. Right. There's the Big Pine in, in Flagstaff, mm -hmm. and then there's the Bird City in Phoenix, and then there's, uh, but there's there's things in like Oklahoma and Ohio sure. and everywhere. And it's, I think, it's where, it's at, for what whatever it is, it's a bunch of people who are who are comedians who go and perform comedy mm. and are all want to be on this festival. It's like it's it's right. very exciting. It's a it's a very good energy because it's like if you're going to those festivals, then you have to be putting. Sometimes when you're at like a regular show, yeah, it's frustrating because it's like not everybody is at, as into the the craft or whatever. Uh, sure. But when you're at a festival, it's just this like. Everybody there is like, we love this. This is great. We're all trying to get better. Like, I hope we're all famous someday. And like, you guys are my best friends. Yeah, yeah. it's very like you're just all hanging out and like you all just and you automatically know you have this in common. So it's very exciting. Uh, and it's good to just be around a bunch of people who are talented and who are trying to be more talented. And like everybody's like encouraging and trying to get better. And it's just like. It's. I think it's very good. Uh, it's not. I don't think it's very intimidating. It's intimidating when you submit because you're giving somebody twenty, like twenty bucks or whatever, and and your work. What you consider your best type of thing. Yeah. yeah. And and if you don't get it, 
to me, it's always been like a little sadder that I also paid them to reject me. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. it's not it's not the rejection; it's the twenty bucks that yeah. like, I could have spent on something else. And and like a lot of like they'll do stuff like where they're like, you can get into the festivals, like you get a free pass for just for submitting and everything. But it, it's also just sort of like, uh, to be re- you know, it's like a different form of I can be rejected on stage all the time, but right. like it's sadder to get a letter. <laughs> uh, well, so I mean. Um, I noticed that you were doing a couple different shows as you went through it there. So, like, you're doing ones, like, something that have to do with an ostrich and something that has to do with oh, some other animal-themed, yeah. Yeah. So, like, are those different styles of shows, like like we were talking about before? Um, is that just a title that they gave to it? The, I think for those, there are going to be a lot of different. Like, Swords yeah. Objection, they're going to have that. Um, and I, oh, I wish I would, I apologize, I'm not better at uh, but there's 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 a lot of shows and it's really cool because there's shows from people uh, who perform like in New York. So there's things like you can see the Stories Objection here every month, uh, but there's shows that you don't get an opportunity to see in Arizona uh, that are coming or that are from like LA or, or uh, New York, and it's uh, it's yeah. So they have a lot of different things, and then but the names of the shows yeah. are just for fun, I just, think, okay, for the okay, most okay. part, unless it's like. Sort of objection or something. Sort, yeah. But Oh Boy Ostrich, all the turquoise, uh, that's just like, it's just silly. <laughs> oh, I, I know you were looking at the time, do you have to... No, 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 I'm okay. fine. <laughs> I just was, I don't know why, I just, it was like a little flashing light I could look at. No, <laughs> um, So, because I do want to talk about, because we haven't really gotten a chance to do your own podcast, so you okay. do Broken Hearts podcast, um, which is... A really depressing concept in general, but I've listened to quite a few episodes of it, and it's so like so interesting to hear like all these people's takes and like what people's definitions of heartbreak is. So I mean, what was the genesis of that, and why did you feel like you had the urge to do it? Uh, I stopped. I w- that was I think that was when I really first hit my like whatever crisis and comedy of like identity crisis or something. <laughs> I don't know, and I was kind of just like in a funk creatively. And, uh, and I wanted to do something new. And, like, two years before that, um, I had talked to some comedians about, they said, you should do a podcast where you just interview people about their breakups. (laughs) And I don't really know why, I just, I think, whatever my vibe is, like, it just seemed like it would fit with that. And, uh, (laughs) and we were just talking, and they gave me the name Broken Hearts Podcast, and then I kind of was like, that'd be fun. And I kind of just like left it for a while. And then like, I was like, I should do something new. And I was like, what about that one idea? Uh, and then I kind of just expanded it to being like, whatever heartbreak. heartbreak. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I, I started, that was kind of just to do something new. And then uh, the feeling of it came from at the same time I started watching these YouTube <laughs> videos uh, called the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Oh, yeah. Have you seen those? No, yeah, we actually named uh, a show that we did a while back on uh, on Sonder, which was, like, the whole Sond- concept. Sonder, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that was, I, when I tell people that that's where I got the idea, I always, that's the video I reference, because it's, uh-huh. it, it's, uh, it's just that idea of, like, those videos have, like, a very <laughs> sentimental vibe to them. Uh, like there's a lot, they use a lot of like home video footage or right. like kind of just very like personal shots, like very like close ups or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and 
and they're about these like kind of like weird underlying they're not like about sadness right in the sense of like the sad thing isn't necessarily like that you broke up with somebody Mm -hmm. it's like what happened to you in that experience you know and so i think like a lot of times people on it will talk about things that they did to somebody else yeah like they cheated on somebody or something like that and it's like uh it just kind of like i think i just kind of got interested like it became this sort of like weird fascination where i was like uh in my head a lot at the time and I wanted to kind of like that that thing I was saying where you can go out to these shows and meet really interesting people. Mm-hmm. I think I wanted to do it in the sense of like I can get out of my head if I get into somebody else's sort of you know like so yeah. it was it was cool to like try, it, letting somebody else take me on that mm-hmm. journey. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I I get to go like well, what's this? And I think it's I still get a little control because I'm asking the questions and like they mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I kind of, I, I guess I just got, like, really, uh, fascinated by that concept. I like this, like, interviewee interview thing. I think it's very, like, uh, I'm really interested in that relationship between people, the same as, like, the performer and the audience, kind of, how they play off of each other. Uh, well, I think it's cool. Interviewee, I feel like, just, like, an audience is really kind of opening themselves up in such an interesting way of, like, okay, I'm here, take with me, take from me what you will, type of thing. Yeah. Like, that's yeah, that's true. It's an interesting way of looking at it, especially for somebody who, on the other side of it, does kind of like the controlling aspect of it. Like, the you're literally having somebody just lay down on your altar and <laughs> like, okay, sacrifice me. Yeah. <laughs> so, makes sense. Okay, well, that's awesome. I mean, I I found it to be such a fascinating concept. Um, and I I hope you keep on doing it. You're what thirty oh, episodes thanks. in, something like that. Um, almost forty now, I think. Okay. Yeah, almost yeah. Um, and ha- I mean, have you found it difficult to keep things fresh on there, or uh, are you not worried about that, really? I, you know, I don't know. I don't even know who listens to it. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> when somebody, like, when you yeah. tell me, that you, I'm like, oh, like, I'm not just doing this by myself. Like, I, people actually hear this. Isn't that the great thing about podcasts? You literally don't have to have an audience. You yeah. Can just do it <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> And, I, and it's like I at least get to have this very like interesting conversation with somebody like and I like, I like this like you get yeah. to go out so like I'll do it like at parks and stuff a lot and I'm like oh I get to have a really like interesting conversation with somebody at a park on Wednesday night like and look at some ducks and watch the sunset like okay uh, but yeah I, it's it's easy to keep it fresh in that sense I like to. Uh, if, uh, yeah, people, because I'm like, no matter what, I try not to fall into, like, asking the same questions. I want to get, like, everybody's unique, because I think mm-hmm. it, even if it's, like, you can hear the stories of breakups so many times, but we always right. want to hear them. That's, like, such an interesting story to us, because right. it's such a unique thing to everybody, you know? Like, how, how, the, what this breakup meant to them, what this, like, death of a loved one, or whatever, to, you know, kind mm-hmm. of experience their love of the Raiders that keep losing, whatever. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> it's like... <laughs> but that was one of my favorite ones, because I was like, this... Because... Uh, it's like, this is still the same thing as you're talking about. Like, the same, like, 
that anticipation, the love that they had that being taken away from them, but they still love them, but it's complicated now. And it's just like all this stuff, like it's still there. It's cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, I, I want to try to wrap these up with like a couple of questions that um, mostly just based around being an artist in the Phoenix area. Like who, who inspires you? Like who should we be kind of looking out for as well? Like that, that is such an influential artist in the Phoenix area. Oh, um, in terms of, comedians uh i would say there's a lot of them who have left already who are in la right uh and like um, so just naming naming some of them uh i'll say i'll say the people here okay sorry people in la you blew it (laughs) uh (laughs) uh, good luck in la (laughs) but people uh like like the bird city comedy festival uh genevieve rice Um, she, she produces that. She has a podcast that she does that's very successful, uh, uh, called, uh, the, thank you for being a podcast, which is, she interviewed, she talked about the Golden Girls. Um, she was actually the first guest on my podcast. Uh, but she does, she works very hard and she works very smart and she knows how to like create a good show. Um, I've noticed a lot of the names that I saw on the the list for Bird City were people that were also on your podcast, and like so it goes back back yeah. to community type of thing. But yeah, ahead, yeah. Um, and then who else does a lot of good stuff? Uh, Anwar Newton, he does literally the worst show ever, and uh, he's like open for uh, like Hannibal Burress and nice. Tignataro and stuff like. And he, him, him and Michael Turner, Michael Turner's been on the podcast, and he, I, what I look for when I respect somebody who's in, especially in Phoenix, is somebody who's, like, really putting in, because people go, oh, there's not any opportunities, but there's so many people here who are creating opportunities, uh, and I think I, I get kind of inspired watching those people, like, work, and do the, because you can be as creative as you want. Um, but there's a, uh, a part of, I think, the life of, of being an artistic person where you need to figure out, like, how do I actually, like, get this out to people? And, you you know, you don't want to do it as, like, be, like, you're selling things, you're cheap, like, you know, cheapening it or something, but, like, you, I think they are, the, I, I respect how they do it because they create a product and they know how to get people interested in it. And they put in the time to actually like get people to make those things their their, their comedy very good and to get opportunities for themselves. So that's what I look for. Yeah, awesome. I I think that's what's very respectable uh, about a lot of people in Phoenix is like there's a lot of very hardworking people. Awesome. Okay. Great. Some good names there. And um, I mean, is there anything that you want to plug? I mean. Broken Hearts podcast is on iTunes. Yeah. Um, Bird City is when when are you performing? Uh, April uh, April seventh, I think it's April seventh through the ninth. Let me check really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're doing shows on two different days, is that right? Uh, I think I'm on. Let me. Ch- uh, yeah, April sixth uh, through the ninth. Okay. Um, and or maybe it's seventh. April seventh, no matter. Check it out that online. Week, it's that weekend. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm the worst <laughs> at scheduled uh, stuff. But I, it's yeah, it's that weekend, uh, the weekend of the seventh. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I'm on uh, 10.30 at the Renaissance on Friday and Saturday. Uh, the Renaissance Hotel, downtown Phoenix, get some passes. I forgot what the other one is. Uh, I'm on the, the last show on, on Sunday night. Uh, there's like a closeout show that like, I think pretty much everybody in the festival is on it. So uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Like you said, there's a lot of really good names uh, on that show. Do you have like a Twitter, Facebook, or anything? Twitter, yeah. at J underscore... Sun Hill, no, it's, <laughs> that used to be my old uh, words with friends tag because <laughs> it was a blank tile. Anyways, who knew uh, Twitter would outlive words with friends? I know, right? <laughs> awesome. All right, and uh, so to wrap it all up, like you kind of touched on already, but like, what's one piece of advice you would give to someone who wants to start an artistic career in Phoenix? Uh, don't be open-minded when you're starting I think that's what I would say if you're gonna see a lot of uh, of opportunity you're gonna you're gonna like imagine a lot of shows especially like as a comedian uh, you're going to like see a lot of opportunities as something where you're like this is it I'm gonna make it there's gonna be a big <laughs> deal and then you'll get to it and it'll be the worst uh, or it'll be very disappointing. Or people like won't yeah. care or whatever. It will, or they won't care in the way that you thought they would. Or it won't be the way you imagine. And then for every time that happens, there's going to be a show where you're like, this is going to be stupid and like mm -hmm. nobody's going to care. And then like, oh, why are there 50 people here? For some fluke, there will be. <laughs> and, or it just, you know, it ends up being something really good. Uh, so don't, I would say, just have an open mind. See what's out there. Perform it as, uh, as, as much as you can. Uh, if you're doing something like poetry, you know, any, yeah. any, uh, artistic pursuit here, there's, there's places that you can share it and, uh, just go and meet the other people who are doing that, what you're doing and, uh, try to learn from them. I think that, and just to, and see how you can improve by watching them improve. Love open, it. Open mindedness. Open mindedness. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Jason, uh, for, for being on this and, uh, Good night. Thank you. If you or someone you know is an artist of any kind who would like to share their experiences working in the Phoenix area, or if you just want to tell me how awesome the podcast is, write into starvingartistsphx at gmail.com. Again, it's starvingartistsphx at gmail.com.